This podcast is part of the Trexphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit Trexphere.com. So I was going to sing a soap opera like theme song. Okay. And the one that came to mind was the one with the hourglass, where you see Saint like the you, there's like a close up of a slow motion hourglass timing or whatever hourglass. Oh my gosh! I didn't hear soap opera. I heard opera. So I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, but yeah, I mean now they're, they're fairly similar. They're, I mean they're almost the same <laughs> <Right>. thing. <laughs> Six of one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I was going to sing it, and I can't think of the—I can't think of any of them. I mean, of course, I think that's the well, days of our lives. Is that days of our lives with the hourglass? Uh, I think it's as the world turns. No, you're right. You're right, you're right. You're right. Like, like as the whatever, like grains in the in and out, or like grains of sand in an hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> which is not how hourglasses work. But um, anyway, I was going to sing that song uh, as a presentation for this episode. Since it's a little bit like a soap opera. A little bit. A little bit. What? See, this is why I really wanted Jeremy on for this one, because um, he doesn't know about the Mirror Universe. He doesn't know about Vedic Burial. He doesn't know about Jennifer. <laughs> like, <laughs> It would have been great having to explain all of these very boring things to him. You know? Well, I just I want to hear his thoughts on like whether or not this was proper Star Trek based on having no knowledge of just nothing. Yeah, <laughs> just it's just random things. Like oh, it's like it's almost like the writers are like, and then what if there was another Kira? Yes, right. <laughs> great idea. <laughs> but she's evil. <laughs> As you know, this is Measure of an Episode, where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a proper, a genuine Star Trek episode, and not just the days of our lives. See, I tied that intro up nice and a little bow for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Paul. And I'm Jonathan. And we do this using three criteria. The first one is, is there sci-fi that is directly related to the plot? And is that sci-fi... Um, explained in some sci-fi manner it's not just oh we're doing a brain transplant um the second is is that sci-fi presented in a unique or novel way as in it is subverting any tropes or cliches and the third is is there any moral or ethical dilemma that is present that is presented to any of the characters in the episode i'm jonathan and i'm paul and this week we watched ds9 Season six, episode eight, Resurrection. And I can't believe, well, hang on. Maybe I should read the, uh, the blurb. The alternate universe version of Kira's dead love beams. Her dead love beams? No. <laughs> <laughs> dead love beams aboard and takes her hostage. Then reveals that he's running from his world's evil alliance. Which is so great because it is just the cold open. Yet yep. again. Yet again. Your astute observation uh, presents to us once more and that the person who writes these only watches the cold open and then calls it a day with the episode yeah so yep. no no crisis of faith listed there yep what are the odds that oh, the next ep- right? ds9 episode we would watch would be i mean how many seasons were there in between this ds9 episode two se- three seasons almost three seasons worth of episodes because the other one was life support Season three, episode 13, where the guy who this person looks like or is died. It was yeah. only two episodes ago. That's amazing. Well, and it was the last DS9 it, episode we watched. Yeah. 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 Right. I can't, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> like that, that, that it would, I mean, it makes me think that there's something wrong with the algorithm uh, of our, our random episode generator. 
There must well, be. That or it's sentient. How, how would it be – like it, it doesn't have the blurbs in there. It's literally just the titles and and like it knows – Just it a knows, number. Right. It's literally just a number. It knows nothing about these episodes. So how could there be something wrong with it to to put this together for us? <laughs> well, other than there's something right with it and that it is alive and is punishing us. For some reason. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, like, is this the proper way to watch Star Trek? Like, have we created this random generator that's like, these? this is the way you need to watch the episodes in this order? Yeah. It's not actually random. It's giving us the best way algorithmically. <laughs> right. Well, because the other thing, too, is we've seen the episode with Jennifer Sisko, who is referenced in this episode uh in the mirror universe we've seen episodes with the mirror universe and we have seen we we just saw vedic Burial's death so like we've already seen everything we needed to to see this episode exactly <laughs> and we've watched under 10 percent of all of ds9 so far well right. under 10 percent. Right. how is that possible <sighs> i just you know i mean it's astronomical i know yeah. anyway so okay so it starts out with Dex and Kira, and they're, talk, the they're talking. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, they're talking about boys, and Worf and Dex are having a party, and she's saying, "Who can you, you who can you bring, Kira?" Yeah. And her, the only cache of men she's willing to suggest to Kira are men that she's already dated for some reason, well, and men that have like glaringly obvious alien tendencies, like not just a cranial ridge or you know prosthetic makeup, like. They, they, he has a translucent skull. Yeah, which which I guess justifies an episode all for that guy by yes. himself. <laughs> which he's mentioned in like five episodes and he's never seen. But also the other part of that too is, I mean, the skull, the skull's the brain. Like it's not your head. So what what does it matter? Like it makes brain surgery, I guess, a little bit easier. Well, it would but, be kind of gross to just be looking at a brain. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know that his skin is translucent, just his skull. Yeah, you're right. But I think that the the implication was that his skin was also translucent. Yes, or, it was implied. Right? <laughs> they talked about how they could see his brain. Yeah. Right. Although I do like the idea that the hair wasn't. And so, <laughs> like, you would, you would kind of flip your hair back a little bit and just get a glimpse of your hypothalamus or something like that. Right? <laughs> oh, sorry. I just... <laughs> Did not realize that was a thing you had. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know I had a wow. hypothalamus? <laughs> yeah. um, so I do want to say, just, I only have a few comments about the the episode of behind the scenes stuff, but there there was a scene at the very beginning that was cut for time um, in Kira's quarters, and they were looking at the picture of Zial that, that Zial drew. And uh, Dax was saying, um, you know, do you... Uh, do you miss her or something like that? And she said, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with death a lot. Um, it's, it's a little bit of foreshadowing. It's a little bit heavy handed given like what the episode is about. But again, like if that scene had been in there, we've seen the episode with Zial's death. So Zial is uh Galdicott's daughter. There was just so much talking in this episode that was, it was so melodramatic. Yes. And I just, I when I thought this was a science fiction show. <laughs> I say that a lot about DS9. <laughs> this was but, this was not a sci-fi episode. Like no, yeah. or you mean a Star Trek episode? I mean, it, this was all? not. A, I mean, it, this was not a sci-fi episode. I mean, it. it <laughs> you could say it's sci-fi because it's taking place on a space station and the dudes from a from a mirror universe. But you could easily put this at a Western way, 
uh, West. Uh, what 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 was it supposed to be? It, not a way station. Um, but whatever. A it, Western inn. Uh, well, yeah, like it, it could be a Western town, and just this stranger comes in who looks so much like this person's old love, and it turns out that he's a thief. Like there, there was nothing, nothing even sci-fi, let alone Star Trek, about this episode. Well, so the only sci-fi I guess is that somebody travels from one universe to another universe, which, by the way, apparently is very easy to do now. Yes, very easy. You can now. just go back and forth, and we had talked about in the other episode how devastatingly bad it would be if this actually would, that they can just tra- not just in a transporter now, apparently, but with this little device where you can just go anywhere in any universe that you want to at any time. Yeah. Very strange that that this is not further explored, right. although not surprising that it's not. Yeah. So basically what happens, skipping the whole the dinner conversation, uh, another hunky Bajoran, like I guess it's the same hunky Bajoran, beams aboard, takes takes her hostage. Kira re- recognizes him as Burrell. Uh, they beat him up, and then they get to Cisco, uh, and he says, you're not going to press charges against Burrell. And so we're going to let him go free. I was thinking to myself, that's not how it works. Yes, she he took her hostage, but he also endangered the entire bridge. Mm. It's like you don't get to decide when somebody breaks the rules. They don't. They just get to walk free. Right. You know, <laughs> right, right. Like he's still going to jail. He still held a gun to me, and uh, that we don't like that on the station. So we're still going to put him in the brig. You know, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. It's just it was it was so thin. And so, look, we need to get him into the universe and and make it plausible that he would be a different person. So this is what we come up with. Right, right. It was just so thin. And they could have spent the first, I don't know, couple of acts talking about, is this really him? What are his real intentions? Does he have any bugs on him? Which universe is he from? You know, like, throw some sci-fi into there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they obviously the, um, is this really him? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying, like, he could have come in as an imposter of Vedic Burial? Yeah, or just okay. something. Okay. Give us something to sink our teeth in that's right. a mystery of some kind. Rather than just presenting the fact that he is the the alternate one right away. I gotcha. Or just taking the word of, like, oh, he looks like the other guy. It must be him from another universe. I mean, that's usually what I think when I see somebody who resembles somebody else. <laughs> right. Is it must be a, someone, the same person from an alternate universe. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they have dealt with that before and it's not common knowledge, I feel like gives him a little bit more credibility. To- why, then why aren't the Bajorans, when he's walking around the promenade, why aren't they in upheaval if they were lied to that, that the original Vedic Baral died? Like, why aren't they rioting? You could lie to us. Like, why isn't the, the Kai, you know, been crucified right, at this point? Right, right. They give no, like... Uh, uh, what's it called when you explain something? Explanation. <laughs> I could not think of that word for some reason. You were going to the, say the tell in detail, the the detail, the thing uh, that says the thing about the thing. <laughs> Just, I mean, this is this is one of those episodes, kind of like the Dyson Sphere, where we are talking about like what the ramifications should have been from this. And you're right, like this should have been a, kind of a, an arc unto itself for like the rest of the season, right? And especially since they don't know about the other universe, I mean, right. why not take this guy because the original Vedic Brile was this beloved person who yeah. 
ushered them into peace with the Kardashians, that he's obviously valuable to them. Why not reintegrate him as the guy? I mean, like, nope, he didn't die. Sorry, we didn't tell you earlier, but we weren't sure what was going to happen. Come up with a story. And then reintegrate him into the Bajoran life as sort of like the same plot line as Dave from the, the, the late 90s. Yeah, totally. Did you see Dave? Uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Like the okay. the the only thing that I can think is Kevin Klein in the shower when his wife tells him to turn around. Like, <laughs> interesting. That's where you go. Not them singing uh, tomorrow. Well, because I haven't seen it. Like the, the that's in the trailer. Oh, got it. Yeah, I mean, I know I know the plot based on the trailer, um, and I, I think <laughs> I've seen the end where like he actually turns out to be a better president than the original president. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, should we spend the next 20 minutes talking about this? <laughs> talking about Dave? <laughs> yes. These are the Daves I know, I know. Um, These are the Daves of our lives. Oh, nice. Yep. There we go. That was now a there's a bow one. on it. Now yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the, you're right. Like the fact that he's walking around the promenade as, uh, as if it's nothing and people are turning to look at him, you know, and he's kind of like, take a picture. It'll last longer. Um, well, and they're not looking at him as like, oh, wow, that guy looks just like the guy that died three seasons ago. Right. Um, they were, they're looking at him as though they know it's him. Yeah. And so I don't know. It felt very, what's going on here. They're kind of treating this very lightly. And this is where the nice sci-fi would have come in where they're dealing with this, this kind of new person. Maybe it's not even sci-fi. Just, I don't know what people would normally do in the situation where somebody who's been dead for three years starts walking around. You know, so yeah, but I think also the fact that you just, the fact that you brought, the fact that you just brought up, um, the, that he's been dead for three years. I feel like this would have been more along the lines of like Michael Jackson sightings or Elvis sightings rather than, Oh my God, the Vedic Burrell is still alive. Like it would have been just the extreme radicals who were like, you know, no, I saw him on the promenade, you know, and the fact that he was only there for two days and then is gone and never shows up again. Like, I feel like it would have caused a ripple. Absolutely. And I feel like there should have been some fallout from this, but I don't think that it would have created such a huge upheaval uh, on the Bajoran. Well, especially if he's playing it like an Elvis impersonator in Vegas, he's he's just playing... (laughs) Burrell's best hits every Tuesday and Thursday at the win. Yeah. Just reads all of his teachings and <laughs> as him. <laughs> yeah. That would have been more interesting too. In parks. Like, a- like, absolutely. Like that's, yeah. that's a casino. What else? Like, go to, go to a casino. You go to a show. Like it's what you do. Right. Exactly. So that was weird. So he's just walking around. Everything's fine. Even though he took the whole bridge hostage and tried to steal a ship. I guess he was never expecting to steal it, and he would have never gotten past Odo, theoretically, if, well, he, if he somehow bested what's-her-name. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot in that opening that later on just doesn't add up. Like, what if he had been successful, and he was able to get off DS9? Like, what was the plan B? It's like, here you go, we didn't really want this ship anyway. Please take it. <laughs> right. Here's some food, you know. Yeah. You need to get out of here. Like, people will see you, and there's going to be an upheaval. Like, here's a ship. Go. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But that didn't happen. None of that fun stuff happened. Instead, Kira, you know, beats him up, and he's taken into custody and let go. And that's the end of it. And then, so she she decides, after being taken hostage by him, that she's going to take him to dinner at Wharf and Dax's. And he proceeds to— I love that restaurant, uh, by the way. (laughs) Good burgers. Their targ shakes are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a targ shaking in the corner. 
It's the first time that joke's ever been said. Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah. So he, she takes him to Worf and Dax's dinner. Diner? Dinner. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> now I like the idea that Worf retires from Starfleet and opens up a diner. <laughs> Just, yeah. Russian cuisine. Russian Klingon fusion. <laughs> I don't get it. What are we eating? <laughs> um, so it ends up that that the new Boreal, Boreal 2, uh, disrespects Worf. And why he's not impaled immediately by Worf for disrespecting him in his own house, I don't know. But it doesn't happen. I don't um, understand how it happened. Like, that knife was huge. Yeah, so somehow he steals the knife from Worf or from Dax and, like, sloppily cuts this jello in, in quarters. Yeah. What? I mean, I guess I don't – I actually missed it and it was I was not – compelled to rewind it but it was just like did he steal it from Worf? i don't know but well, Worf was pissed but he didn't care because he's like more wine well he was he was very impressed at his skills i mean and i would be too because again that thing was huge like how did he how did he swipe it and hide it through the meal to present it to slice up the dessert and what was he going to oh, do yeah i thought that that dax had it in her hand was going to hand it to Worf. he took it from her instead and did the honors that it wasn't that he was he had pocketed the battleth oh yeah no 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 he had pocketed the mechleth yeah like mechleth yeah it's a it's oh. a smaller battleth it's a one-sided battleth <laughs> oh okay um but yeah like because Worf was saying I, there's there's no way you are that good of a thief and then he's like oh aren't i and then pulls out this samurai sword <laughs> he's like what's that behind your ear and he he then slices up the the jello, you know, and Worf, you know, he he says, "I completely underestimated you." More blood wine as a, as a thief, <laughs> right? <laughs> which I thought, which I took to be sort of a, a, a not a compliment, but I guess it was a compliment. Well, yeah, which is again very strange coming from the chief of security, which I know he's <laughs> not on this show, but that's that was his job for a long time. Apparently, <laughs> I like that. I, like, how did you do that? It's like, look, I've hit a lot bigger things up my ass before. This was nothing. <laughs> right yeah bigger and sharper so (laughs) exactly so by the way so then kira invites him over and they talk in the room and and she offers rack to gino what is rack to gino again it's a i believe yeah it's a klingon coffee yeah it's a klingon coffee all the time like the the trials and tribulations you know people kept ordering it um i think it showed up in the second half of tng or it showed up just on ds9 but yeah it's it's basically the equivalent of saying do you want to go get a cup of coffee okay so just as a disclaimer to our listeners real quick i know this sounds like we're analyzing the minutiae of this episode but no, this is like the actual plot line of the show. I know it sounds boring, but we're halfway through the, the show at this point. Like it's not like we're, we're only concentrating on the first five minutes and we're, we're getting too far into the weeds. This is half the show. We have hit the halfway point, just so everybody knows, right? Have we really? Like did you mark that? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Because so, I, I legit thought that we were still within the first five minutes. No, I, no, no, no. I am, I am shocked. So they have, they have the sex, okay? New New Boreal and Kira have the sex, and then together, yeah, together, not separately. Um, and well, first of all, so then they wake up the next morning and they have another conversation about nothing. And mm. he's well, they eating, talk about how hungry right? he is. Yeah, yep. yeah, and this becomes a thing. I'm like, do we need to have people eating on screen anymore? We know what it looks like, right? We know what it sounds like. 
but yet they have to crank up what it sounds like for people to be eating on screen from now right. on. And not just like covertly eating, right? It's like yeah. he's, he's hamming it up with the eating. It's just, I don't, it's so grating to my, it makes me angry. Furious. Right. I mean, there obviously there was a payoff for it. There was a point to it. Right. Why couldn't he just take one bite and been, and been done with it? Just keeps popping them in his mouth and continues to just keep eating them and talking at the same time. And he's kind of boisterously eating them. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand what, that you're trying to seed something that, that pays off later, but we don't need this orgy of eating that we get in this. Yeah. And for some reason in shows, I mean, I guess not for some reason, but they they eat with their mouths open almost all the time. And right. it's, yeah, super obnoxious. It's terrible. Yeah. So then uh, we find out there's a double cross where Kira Lynn shows up and she's got her tiara. And nice. it took them half of the episode for the, for the actual episode to start. Right. Yes. And Kira I'm wondering, Lynn. so she, so Kira Lynn wears a tiara, right? Yep. And I'm wondering, is this an embodiment of the writer's contempt for the audience? Because not only are they telling her to act fabulously villainous, right? But everything is is exaggerated. And also, we have to wear a tiara because we won't know, be able to tell the difference between this Kira Lynn and Kira, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for, for this episode in particular, I think she did have to play it over the top because she did eventually get into Kira's uniform. And to be able to know which one was which, if you were just, you know, watching it at one and a half speed or half acidly glancing up at it, um, <laughs> you'd be able to know by her gestures who we're looking at. Right. But you didn't have to have everything going that way. I would have been able to tell which one was which because of the things that they were saying. And yes, you should characterize them in different ways, but there are ways that you can do that where it's, it doesn't feel like you're play acting. Yeah. I feel, I feel yeah. like that she was so over the top in her, her characterization of the, of evil Lynn that it just was, it was, it takes you out of it. This is, this is not a He-Man show, right? Right. Yeah, no. And I, I completely agree. I think she, I think she plays it. She plays it exactly the way that she's played it every other time, but this was the first time where the mirror universe character has been in the, the, regular universe and so seeing her with the rest of the people she she appears over the top yes you know like if you if you think about the last episode where uh where ben went to the mirror universe and had to save jennifer um which i just realized they're benifer like <laughs> that's interesting um <laughs> nice <laughs> uh but like when he when he was dealing with her, you know, she was she was over the top. Uh, Bashir was over the top, you know. But everybody was over the top, so it it played just fine. And so for her to be in this world, it's like, whoa, tone it down, Nerese. <laughs> whoa, Nerese. <laughs> well, well, we I did have this this problem with her last time too. Uh, sorry, Nerese was Nerese was in here the other night raving. <laughs> Have you clumsy old Maurice? Yeah. <laughs> is it clumsy or something else? Crazy, crazy, crazy. old Maurice. Hey. <laughs> oh no! I can't see her any other way now. <laughs> I think it's better. It's better for everybody. Yeah. So then the new Burrell, Burrell 2, goes in and he is conflicted. So he goes to Quark's and has several drinks. He talks to Quark. So Quark goes to Kira and says, look, there's something wrong with this guy, something going on. He's probably going to steal the orb. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> right? you've learned a lot. 
That was really a, moved the story forward. Yeah, that was a that's a quick leap, leap in logic. <laughs> he does a lot of intuition, like a lot of intuiting there, uh, <laughs> that I don't know if all that information could have been intuited. But but yes, so Quark moves along the plot quite a bit because we only have like five minutes left in the in the episode. Oh yeah, and, like there were eight minutes left when he told her that. Yeah, or something like that. And then Kira Lynn uh, wears Kira's clothing, yeah, and sort of acts the same. There's that whole exchange with the guard and she, you know, she's trying to get through and he's like, you need a coach. She's like, give me a massage. And I'm just like, you don't think this is weird, buddy. She's impersonating Kira by acting nothing like her. Well, yeah. And she also just starts randomly rubbing her shoulder, you know, after walking up and he's like, is something wrong with your shoulder? And she's like, oh, it's just sore from whatever she said, like my training or something. I mean, what kind of dumb, dumb do you have to be to be like, yeah, this all checks out. I'm going to go ahead and, and massage your shoulder. You have to be a celibate Starfleet uniform. Right. No access to yeah. the good parts. Yeah. Um, well, so I did like, though, as far as her uh, overpowering him, that she actually did start by putting her arms out forward as if she was stretching her shoulders. And, like, she already had that forward momentum to pull back on. Like, so it, it seemed, it seemed for me, as far as like the combat goes, it seemed the most realistic for her to be able to overpower him. Um, because she already had that buildup. It wasn't just a quick, like, you know, judo chop to the neck. And he's like, Oh, I'm down. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I guess it is slightly more plausible because she, she wound up to the, uh, the judo <laughs> right. chop. Yeah. There was the full on like twist of the elbow wrists. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we that we have to believe that this 90 pound woman bested this 200 pound guard yeah. yeah um so they have this confrontation with the orb and he then there's the confrontation with kira lynn and they have this whole talk and tell him Baral, how much you love me and not her you know it's, it's just, it just felt so 50s cleopatra yes and then so he shoots her he shoots kira lynn which was and great says yeah, I, it's like, all right, just enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> right? He was fed up with her. Yep. And so I I felt like at this point, I don't know why he left with her. I don't know. And his only explanation was that, yeah, we could go live happily ever after until I screwed it up. I'm just thinking to myself, God, this is so weak. This is so – this writing is so weak. You couldn't think of a better reason that he would turn down a better world, a better life, freedom from this fabulous tyrant – that he's probably in fear of his life from, who's, you know, he's bested. They could put her in a cell and do something with her because she's a big problem now for both their universes. Why did he go? There's not, they give us no reason other than they can't have him around anymore in this universe because it would complicate things. Right, right. Yeah, no, those are, <laughs> those are all valid points to which I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because they it's such weak and it just comes down to the weak writing. Yeah. He never said, look, I like it my in my home. I like it there better. Right. I, I'm I, yes, it may feel more brutal. Uh there's you're in fear for your life hundred percent of the time, but it is my home and this just feels wrong to me. This feels alien and I want to go home. Even if they said that, yeah, that would have been fine. Right, right. But the only explanation was like, well, I would screw it up anyway. So yeah. well, you might as well give it a shot, bud. You know, like you're going back to like death and destruction and murder and mayhem. And you have a teleporter where you can go back anytime. Yeah. I did not like this episode. Right. No, and I agree. Um, I think, you know, I, I think it's not a bad idea, you know, not even a, not even a good premise, but it's, it's, 
it's not a bad idea of bringing a character dead or not just bringing a character over from the mirror universe to this one for some reason you know like all of that can be ironed out but that idea of having somebody come over from their universe to ours hasn't been explored and that is a fun idea to like to try and figure out like what would you do with it um they did try and it did not work yeah they just don't explore right. all the implications of, of bringing somebody else over. Well, and not even just somebody. Like the fact that it was – the fact of who they brought over was just so many more ramifications. Um, and so what's what's interesting is they – like nobody was really thrilled with this episode behind the scenes. Um, the writers, because you know they were like, well, the fans are going to be mad no matter what we did. We just came off a really long arc and then we had Worf and Dax's wedding. There really wasn't an episode we could follow all of that up with that people would be happy with. And, you know, obviously our argument is you could have picked a better one. Um, <laughs> yeah, write a better one. Yeah, but uh, Nana Visitor um, actually did not like this episode because she felt it had been so long that Kira would not have acted this way around Beryl. Um, she, you know, it's been three years she had moved on. Um, and I, I agree to a certain extent, but it's also, you know, it's just a weird thought experiment. Like if after three years, literally like the guy that you loved and you were planning on spending the rest of your life with just suddenly showed up and you know same face same physique same everything he just acted differently would you be able to separate and distinguish those two or would you would you fall back would you regress would you fall back into those habits i don't think it's that i think it's just the novelty of it and the fact that it's like you know it's it's like an old fling it's like oh wow like i get to experience this again i i don't i can't say that i even after an an unlimited amount of time that anybody wouldn't jump at the chance to do something like that if given the opportunity. She wouldn't have to ease into it, right? She would be like, wow, it's it's sort of like, you know, when you see an old girlfriend or something like that that was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought yeah. about it that way. Like, I, I don't blame her for falling into that, you know? And But boy is Odo pissed. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, I thought he was going to stay. I thought that was going to be the plot line for some reason. Mm. And... Oh, poor Odo can't catch a break with trying to get Kira back. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird, these character episodes, uh, specifically on DS9, I've noticed. Like, they they have all of their actors in every episode. But when it's, like, a real character piece and it's not a, a station episode, they're in it for half a scene, you know? Like, Quark was in it for all of two scenes, Worf right. was in it for two, maybe three. Bashir was in it for one and a half. Yeah. Cisco was in yeah. it for one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a character piece, I guess, theoretically. But it, it it's an ensemble cast. Right. I feel like they should be writing these things with the ensemble in mind. And yeah. not just and, and not liabilities, but actual participants. Right, right. So where are you with this as being a a proper Star Trek episode? Uh, no and no. Like, I, I did not think it was a good episode, um, especially, like, I think back-to-back, back, it's not too bad, but the fact that there's three seasons between the two, it just comes out of left field, and it doesn't, it, for, for DS9 having as many episodes that have bigger consequences as it does, the fact that Burial came back and nothing, like, it just wraps up in a single episode, um, I don't, I think that it was... They they didn't kind of kind of like with the the matter of time you know with the last week's episode like I don't I don't think that they they knew what they were doing with it and so they just kind of 
wrapped it up and it was it was too big of an episode to be just a single episode story arc um and so ultimately it just kind of doesn't work out and there was no sci-fi in it like none yeah right none i mean there obviously was the mirror universe and the the orb quote unquote but none of like the the mirror universe is is not necessary to the plot that could easily have been just a stranger from out of town turns out to be a thief and uh and the orb is never explained that's that's 100 percent magic <laughs> well it's religious right and i feel like all of the religious the bajoran religious stuff just feels like a, a really nice massage place like a spa oh for sure it just always feels that way but yeah i mean i'm okay with star trek there being a little bit of religion in there even though uh i think it was originally conceived as not having any religion Star Trek being, but but they put it in there. That's fine with me, but they don't really explore it. Also, their religion actually happens to be real. Right. It's real. There are prophets. Yeah. Cisco has met one or met them all. Right. And Cisco eventually becomes one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I'm, to just to speak to the religion thing, there's been religion since the original series, but the idea is that humans have transgressed beyond uh, religious conflict. Um you know, rather and the the idea being that like at at a certain point it just becomes a a security blanket rather than a way of life. Um, but Klingons have a religion. Uh, Bajorans do. You know, lots lots of alien races have religions. Uh, so right. it's kind of cool to yeah. have to have that like have that angle more prevalent on DS Nine. Um, but but yeah, ultimately right. yeah. Also, it's interesting. So he has the the new Boreal has like the earring, and I always thought the earring was part of their religion. But he That's proclaims to not. I think it is to not be religious. Right, right. And doesn't really even know what he's doing in the whatever the massage parlor <laughs> that they go into. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. yeah, but we won't look it up. Don't look it up. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, if you want to look it up. You can tell us. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know how we're wrong. Uh, so far, we, we still haven't received any emails, so it seems like our email is still broken. Well, maybe there's something wrong with the email. Is that possible? Yeah. So it's yes. T-H-E, Amazon, <laughs> Maurice. Let's see what we're watching next. Okay. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Season 6, Episode 23, Rightful Hair. And Jonathan, what is the blurby blurb? Well, Paul, after being distracted while on duty, Worf is placed on leave and given time to get his personal affairs in order. It's a Klingon episode. Well, it's not only a Klingon episode, it's a Kronos episode. He's got to go back and figure out what's happening with his house. Yeah. Hopefully it's being burned down to the ground. (laughs) Well, let's go watch it. Okay. I've been Paul. I've been Jonathan. And this has been The Measure of an Episode, as you know.